not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Welcome to the first view from the Ninian of the new season. We haven't had much of a pre-season after just six weeks since our last game. We've already had an international break, a Carabao Cup game, and now the first league game is just a few days away. Today we look forward and backward, upward and forward, and always twirling, twirling, twirling towards the new season. And joining me as always are the other Ben, Ben Price and Tom Phillips. Uh, Ben, how are you doing? I'm really good, mate. Thank you very much. Tom Phillips, you're back in West Wales. How's it, how's it down there? How's it looking? Yeah, it hasn't changed in 30 years still. So, yeah, in a good mood, ready for the pod. I hear they've just got podcasts down there in the last couple of weeks. I've been out with a sandwich board spread in the word. Um, <laughs> yeah, the good so, word. <laughs> yeah, so, so, um, we might have a couple of extra listeners, hopefully. Oh, excellent. Well, we, we welcome our West Walian brethren. Um, and I suppose there's, there's no better way to start, really, than... You know, a new a new podcast. Looking forward to the new season, and we we've got a drubbing to talk about. Ben we lost yesterday to Northampton in the Carabao Cup three nil. Um, any anything else to say other than it was an absolute drubbing? Oh, we're back in style, aren't we? That optimism, that hope, that wonder of a new season <laughs> gone after sixty minutes. Extinguished. Fucking superb. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Look, the, the obvious question is, was it worth the £10 that I, I, I presume you both paid for the stream? Or Ben, you might have got yours with your season ticket. I don't know what the, the, the rules were. Was it worth the £10 that you paid to stream it? Ben, I assume you paid to stream it. That's a shake of a head. paid £10 to watch Sol Bamba act like a geriatric fucking with dementia. <laughs> um, it was just horrific. And yeah, 10 quid for the Carabao Cup game is bad enough. It, but to watch the stream, you get battered by Northampton. Yeah, I mean, I feel I feel aggrieved on your behalf that you paid ten pounds for it, Tom. Do you do you agree with that summation? Yeah, that was ten pound. I'll never get back. I was just I try I try to convince um, my partner like let's not go out. I want to watch the Cardiff game. It'll be worth it. You know, beginning of the new season. I'm in a good mood. <laughs> yeah, it didn't go well. To be honest with you, <laughs> I wish I'd gone out and just ignored <laughs> it. the game had ever happened. <laughs> Well, I mean, let's, let's, let's get stuck into the analysis. I think the big talking point was that we, we tried five at the back and Benefactor on Twitter has said, three centre-backs, viable solution to keep with it or dreadful experiment and lose it. My perspective is I'm glad we tried it in a competitive game. But Ben, I suppose it's the second time we've tried it and the second time it hasn't worked, right? Yeah, we're just not very good at it. Um, it's, we have a, as much as we like to think we've got the team to do it, we think Bennett and... Um, Geordie Tutu are players that can get up and down and sort of fill that system. Uh, it just doesn't work. We haven't got the ball playing centre-backs that work for it. Nelson's probably the only one that can really work with the ball. Sol used to be able to, but I think we'll come on to that in a bit. <laughs> it's just not a system that does it for us. Paul Trollope tried it. It was a disaster. We tried it at QPR a while back, got battered 5-1. We've tried six it again. We've got 6-1, yeah. sorry. Don't give him any credit for that. <laughs> <laughs> right, it was worse than I thought. Uh, and then, yeah, we try it against Northampton and get battered 3-0. Um, it was worked. The weird thing is it worked all right against Cheltenham. Uh, mm. I, caught the, I caught the first half um, on my lunch break on Tuesday. And it wasn't that bad. Sort of played well. I know it's a poor opposition. It wasn't a competitive game. But I don't know what went wrong. Like Cheltenham and Northampton set up in very similar ways, played very similar styles. It was just that little bit of extra quality undone us massively. And Tom, do you, you know, what, do you have anything else to add on that? Are you glad we tried it in a, a, 
essentially a glorified preseason friendly as it, it turned out yesterday, or would you would you want to see it again? I don't think I want to see it again. No, um, but it did have that preseason feel, and I think I don't think we're going to be too gutted about it. We like this Carabao Cup. It's you know less midweek games going forward. Um, it, yes, yeah, an experiment that hasn't worked. But I think the key thing is it didn't work against Northampton and it didn't work against QPR. And I think that is because of just a couple of players in that team. I think it didn't work with Bamba there now. And it's, it's hard to say because, you know, he was such a hero for us. But I think his, his best days are gone, aren't they? And, you know, you, you swap in, say, Rawls into that team. You, you get another centre-back in that system. And perhaps it does work because I think the best players on the picture were arguably Murphy. He didn't mm-hmm. do a lot, but he did more than other people. Like, he, there was flashes. You know, I think um, Jordi as well. Yes, he was sloppy for the pen, but I think he got forward a little bit. He, he looked all right defensively largely. So, you know, bringing those wide players into it, it could work. It's just you can't do it with someone whose legs are gone, like Bamba in that system. We'll, we'll come on to Bamba next, but uh, Benefactor, obviously, he... he... He tweeted at us as well and said that considering how condensed these fixtures are going to be this year, do you think that getting dumped out of this early, dumped out of the League Cup this early is going to be ultimately a good thing with less needless fixtures? And I think, you know, it's, it's loser's prerogative, isn't it? I think if we'd, be, if we'd won, we'd have been like, brilliant, we're on to a great start for the new season. But because we lost, we can write it off. But Ben, do you agree? Do you think one less cup competition is going to be good for the, the league tilt? It's hard to say, isn't it? What I will say is last time we lost Northampton in the League Cup, we went on to win the league. So we've got that going for us. Mm-hmm. On the other side, um, we could have probably done with the games to get a few players that haven't played much football a decent run. Um, it also never is good to lose to a lower league side. And especially now. Without 3-0 and no goals. It was just... <laughs> yeah. We had chances. It's fine. You know, Glatzel missed a free header. You know, we had, we had flashes. Let's look at the positives, shall we? The so, only you know, flash we had was off Glatzel's hair. Yeah, Smith. Well, I'm saying this; it's not really a positive. Smithy's had a good game. Apparently, Smith, Smith, Smithy's was man of the match going to Wales Online. Yeah, he well, he off, it could have been. It could have been five. He pulled off two yeah. really good saves. Yeah. Well, I was going to say I, I watched the highlights, the uh, the condensed two and a half minute highlights on the Cardiff City YouTube channel, and we had one chance that they showed. And I think if that's the club highlight channel showing that we only had one chance, it must have been a pretty bad game. Um, we've, we've touched on it already, and I've written in the running order here at uh, the end of Bamber. Um, I mean, it's quite a dramatic thing to say, Ben, but he hasn't looked his best for a long time, has he? He's just never come back from that injury, has he? Mm. At that age, a serious, crucial injury like that, with someone that always sort of relied on his spring and sort of that initial burst, he was never quick, but to lose half of the yard when you're not that quick really, really does show. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely adore Sol. Like, yeah, one of my favourite players. Just the character, just everything about him. I love him, but it pains me to see him playing like this at the moment. And like, it's not a case of oh, he's just come back from this injury. He's getting back to fitness. Like he's, it's been twelve months. He's been back yeah. in the squad, um, and he's not hit that hit that stride again. Okay, he's not playing week in week out, but he doesn't deserve to play week in week out because at the moment, and I don't think he will get back to the player that is good enough to play regularly in a championship side. Tom, you've been nodding, shaking your head along along there. Do you agree with that? Yeah, it's sad to see. And I hope it doesn't kind of tarnish his reputation. I think this might be one of the last times you see him on the pitch with the card, in the Cardiff shirt. You know, we've got a, a 20 goal a season scoring centre half of Flint, as you've seen pre season. <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, it is a pity 
a pity to see it, but yeah, his days are numbered really. Like he's obviously a good, um, good person good to have around the dressing around, room. isn't he? Yeah, exactly. And I think that's what he's going to be there for now, which is sad. But you know, it's, 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 that's how it is. Yeah, I think ultimately, if you, I, you know, watching the highlights and watching back, that I mean, you could you could argue you could argue that he was at fault for all three goals, right? The first one he let the guy turn when he shouldn't have. The second one he was too late bringing up the back line, and uh, the guy tried to play him offside, and he was playing him onside. And the, the third goal as well, he just didn't get anywhere near the guy who laid it off to the guy who who eventually scored the goal. So yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think I'd love to see him transition to be a coach. I think he's been doing work with the under twenty threes, and I think he's got a year left on his contract. And I think having him around the dressing room for this year could be vital. But yeah, I I don't I wouldn't trust him on the football pitch anymore. Um, and I guess you know the, the the final thing to say on Northampton because I don't want to labour the point on a on a three 0 loss really is, you know we've we've got people like Moore and Volks coming back in next week. I mean it was quite a strong team, Ben. What are the main changes that you would make from the, from the yesterday's team? Um, the formation, um, personnel, other than Smithies, all have like. There's not really too, Murphy, like you said, probably the only other player that really could stake a place for starting mm-hmm. and say they deserve to start based off that performance. Um, yeah, but you can see from Harris's reaction at full time, sort of the interview he gave, he won't stand for being outfought and outplayed. Um, no. So I think it's a kick up the arse to all those players. And it's good that it's happened now in like a competition first round rather than getting us off to a poor start because he saw how long it took us to recover in the league from a poor start. This way, we've sort of got a bit of a kick up the arse and get going. But yeah, I think uh, Volks uh, more come straight back into the side and uh, we go to the trusted 4-5-1. Uh, Tom? Yeah, I agree. Um, I thought Bennett had an all right game. I think he, he, was, he was soft when he went down. They they nearly scored from him, like being a little bit soft on the, on the, bike, mm-hmm. on the touchdown at one point. But I think, I think he had a decent game. He's I, solid, I, isn't he, Bennett? He's solid. You know what you get yeah, with him. Yeah, exactly. I, th- I thought Jordy had a good game as well out there um, on the whole. And it, like you know, he's going to be a little bit rusty as well, just joining with the squad and stuff. But yeah, Moore's going to walk into that. As long as he's not absolutely shattered, you know, yeah. he's going to walk into that. Um, but yeah, like you said, the formation, we can't stick with that going forward. I think I think Wednesday are likely to play with five of the back, looking at the way yeah, they've played, they played so yeah. far. So... Um, It'd be interesting to see how we try and counteract that if we do try and match up. But I, I just can't see us trying that five at the back again. Well, we'll come to a more kind of detailed Wednesday preview towards the end. But I think one of the positives we can take from yesterday is the the inclusion and actually some game time, Ben, for a couple of the younger players. Was it was it Sang who came off the bench and Harris singled him out in the pre, in the post match? He looked good, to be fair. Uh, comfortable on the ball, made some nice passes. Was drifting like drafting at a really shit time. Mm-hmm. So if you come on, you come on three nil down. It's never a good thing. But yeah, he looked all right. Looked solid. Looked comfortable on the ball. Like came came to the ball. Wasn't afraid to get on it. Um, yeah, he looks promising. Hopefully, yes. It's one of the few players that makes a breakthrough season. Um, I can't decide if it's a blessing or a curse that Mark Harris wasn't involved because um, it was just one of those games for Glatzel. It wasn't happening for him. We needed yeah. to make a change. Um, obviously, we had Aidan Flint on the bench. Uh, goal scorer should have put him up front. Yeah. Yeah. Um, someone like Mark Harris getting a run out there would have been quite nice. But um, I, yeah, yeah, I think I, one of those. I think the the international break obviously it's 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 going to be a weird season. But they, I, I think they should have done something with the international break and the Carabao Cup because I think you know Harris has said we were left with quite a bare squad and and like you say Harris I think is impressed in preseason. You know he linked up quite nicely with Moore for the goal against Newport and I think he probably would have got game time yesterday, which is a shame. But um, you know. It, 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 what shall be, shall be. Um, and while we are looking backwards, I think it's time to introduce a new feature for the season. 
Um, former player watch, and there was some surprising news concerning concerning a former Bluebird in the past week, as Reese Healy, um, the much maligned former Cardiff City striker, left MK Dons to join French League Two side Toulouse. And I guess you could say that neither side has anything to lose with this oh, transfer. Man, come on. To, to lose, to lose. Tom, coming over to you on this one. Reese Healy, did you expect to see him making the move over to, you know, a relatively big name in the French football scene? I think, like, uh, no, no, obviously not. No, I didn't <laughs> see him going to Toulouse. I'm not going to try and blag that one. Um, you know, he's had a decent record with, like, MK Dons, you know, 11 mm-hmm. goals in, like, 19 games. He's not a bad striker. And, you know, and he, he was doing well in what was a pretty, like, average team as well. So, you know, I, it's a good move for him. I'd like, I'd love him to do well. Like, I, I don't think it's one of those ones where you see him go to another team and you get that we didn't keep him or anything like that. I think it's just, it'd be nice to see one of our former players who didn't quite hit it off with us do well elsewhere. Yeah. Ben, did, we, we, did you think that Reece Seeley would ever be doing something like this? Or would, you know, had you written him off completely? Well, I think my response, I, when I messaged you boys in the chat, when I found I was working that day, sort of avoided Twitter, didn't really see what happened. Message you boys. What the fuck and how the fuck has that happened? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know those sort of, you're playing FIFA and you're sort of, you're bored, you can't be asked to play another game, you're just flicking through like the transfers that have happened during the transfer window and you see like Di Maria's gone to, uh, Di Maria's gone to Everton or something really random. Yeah. And then you see that, it's sort of, it would make sense in FIFA or Football Manager, but just out of the blue or out of the purple for Toulouse. A surreal one. A hell of a deal for him. His agent deserves a medal. Like it's yeah. a great transfer. Well, I think I think you know you say you say it's out the blue, but I think I I for, for some reason over the last few weeks I've read a little bit about the the Moneyball team who are behind what Toulouse are doing. It's one of those project teams basically where I think it's Redbird Capital have gone in to revolutionise the way they do things, and they they're fully subscribed to the Moneyball ethos, and that's basically buying overperforming players from underperforming teams in, under, in, in slightly lesser leagues than the league they're in, and I think that's where it's come from, really, and I think Reece Ely's obviously had a, a good couple of seasons at MK Dons, I think I just looked it up, he's got 19 in about um, 36 games um, for, for MK Dons, which is obviously a very good scoring record at, at League One, League Two kind of level, um, and he, he's been given an opportunity to go to Toulouse, and I think, um, you know, like you say, his agent's probably getting a good cut of the deal and we might see him back, you know, it's, it's the kind of thing really where they take players in and, and, and they try and turn them over to go to, to Premier League teams. If you look at what Brentford and stuff have done, they've had people like uh, Ben Rama, they were all money ball signings and I think it, it, it could catapult him to the next big thing. And I guess the, the, the final question on the Reese Healy conundrum is, um, you know, we were all there at the Fulham game where he was, he was <laughs> brought on as almost like a scapegoat, Tom. Um, I mean, do you, do you think he was harshly treated at Cardiff? Do you think he should have been given more of a chance at the club? I'm not sure I'd go that far that, that he was harshly treated. I just, it just, it just was never right for him, was it? And that was, that was a horrible time to bring him on. Like, because mm. you just knew the fans were going to groan and be like, what yeah. the hell are you doing here? Like, we needed a result. And, and, it, and it, it, he became kind of almost like a laughing stock thing because of that and no, through no fault of his own. And yeah. I, I, felt, I don't think that was, I think that was harsh. But I think the rest of the time, I just don't think he did enough while he was with us to kind of really warrant a place, really. Ben, do you agree? No, I don't. I th- think he was like uh, with injuries. You forget when he came, when he broke through um, in what in that first spell with Warnock, um Was it Rotherham? He ruptures Crucier. He just scored a goal yeah. against Brentford the game before. Got his first start and ruptures Crucier. And before that, he was looking sharp. He was looking like the first player we've had in a long time that could 
regularly score goals was getting into those positions for the tap-ins. Yeah. Um, it took him a while to get back from it. Young lad, serious injury. Um, and then we get promoted. Um, he's, he's ne- he was never going to be ready to play Premier League football. No. Um, it was just one of those bad timing things that if we were in the championship, we'd probably got a few more goals and got a better run. It was just, I think he was just sold under, like thrown under the bus a bit by Warnock, who just clearly didn't want to put um, Reed on. I, I, I feel, I feel, I feel, feel what you're saying with that little bit at the end. I'm looking at his record at other clubs. I mean, uh, at Newport, he got six in 17, Torquay, six in eight, Milton Keynes, he's, we've talked about his record already. Previously at Connors Key, he was getting 12 in 19. It's, he just never scored goals when he was at Cardiff, but I think you know he's got a, a good opportunity now. So um, I mean, all all the best to Reece I think on that front. And then if we use that as a segue to get to our own transfer dealings, God, this is like seamless. This new running Unbelievable. order, unbelievable. We planned it. Yeah, it's like we've been doing <laughs> this for a while. Um, let's talk about transfers, right? We've obviously we've got a little bit left in the transfer window. I, c- I can't remember in the Championship one closed at the same time as the Premier League, but I think it's to the start of October potentially. Um, you know, we talked about doing business and I think Harris has talked about basically getting to a point where it's one in, one out at the moment. We've signed Jordi and, and Kiefer Moore. Um, we've got a, another signing due imminently, apparently. Um, Tom, what would you rate our business so far? Do you think he's done well? Do you think what he's done what he's needed to do? I think it's decent. I, I don't think... It, I think the Moore signing, as a, as a big Wales fan as well, I'm getting overexcited. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, part of me is thinking, ah, oh, here we go, 25 goals for Kiefer Moore this season. And, um, you know, against Northampton, it looked like we were playing to Kiefer Moore's strength without him being there. <laughs> we yeah. just kind of like lumping balls forward and stuff. So, you know, I, I, I'm, I think that's good business. I mean, we needed someone, a right back desperately, um, like a full back. So you can't moan about the Geordie business. And I think, you know, he showed flashes of like a bit of pace. He's not scared to get forward. He's, uh, he's not scared to put the hard graft in working back as well. So I think that could turn out to be a decent signing. Like, Hopefully, a couple more come through the door as well. But yeah, decent business so far. Ben, what do you make of the Kiefer Moore signing? I think you're wearing a whale shirt now. I presume you have Kiefer Moore on the back. Uh, no, it's Joe Ledley on the back of this one. Oh, well, you don't get to say anything then about Kiefer Moore. No, I love <laughs> Kiefer Moore. The more I see him, the more I get excited by him. Generally, I think he's going to do absolute wonders for us. You think he's um, going to do bits, as they say? Bits, absolute limbs. He's going to cause scenes. <laughs> Announce Premier, Premier League. League. Oh. <laughs> yeah and I mean you know we, we talk about Geordie do you think we need to sign another right back you know we're still a bit short at right back there's still talk of Dion Sanderson I don't think Sanderson's the right one I think we need a bit more of an experienced right back I think we need just a bit of cover that's not that's going to be alright to sit on the bench and sort of not play every game but sort of has that experience and sort of can teach um, Geordie a bit more would and... you sign Lee Peltier back no, I was going to say I'd go back for Gunter. I've waited for that. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, there is some debate over, over Chrissy Gunter, right? I mean, l- l- presume you're both in the bring back Gunter corner? No, we've asked this before. I kind of just don't want to spoil his reputation. Kind of, I don't want him to be a complete flop. Like, I'd rather not know. Do You'd you rather mean, not know. And, and Ben, you want to know. I, I, it's not a case of wanting to know. I think it's a case of just having someone with like good experience there. And I think he's the perfect man for that. Knows the club, knows the fans' expectations. But it's whether yeah. he's going to be willing not to play. He's going to come in being told, look, you're not first choice right back. You're here as cover and you'll get the odd game every now and again. It's whether he'll want that. Because obviously he's still chasing that magical 100 caps and he isn't going to get that 
arguably he's going to struggle to get it now anyway, but it's going to be even harder if he's sat on the bench at Cardiff. But for me, someone like Chris Gunter experienced um, in the championships, the perfect sort of cover for an inexperienced right back like Geordie. Interesting. Do you agree with that assessment, Tom? Does that change your opinion of things? No, it's got to do like the knowing the fans' expectations. I think mm-hmm. that'll put me off coming. <laughs> <laughs> I've met our fans. Why are we yeah. saying Messi? Why are we yeah. saying Messi? <laughs> yeah, but nah, it wouldn't be a bad. Obviously, it wouldn't be a bad signing to have him there. Like he's dependable. He'll come on. He'll do a job as well. So I wouldn't be disappointed if it happened. But I think I wouldn't. He wouldn't be my first choice. Don't ask me who my first choice is. Cause I don't know. But uh, I don't think he'd be it. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? I think I, I agree with the, the, the bringing in the more experienced player. I mean, it, it feels like we let Lee Peltier go a bit too soon in that front because I think he'd be the ideal candidate, right? He's coming towards the end of his career. He's solid. He knows the club as well. He's been there for a long time and he could have helped work with someone. But um, I mean, I, I think it's almost like a question, is it Peltier or Gunter? I think I'd probably go for Gunter just for the, the sentimentality of the Pelt whole is laughing anyway, let's face it. That whole transfer deal in Peltier was the winner. Didn't play a single yeah. minute, made the bench twice and got a promotion bonus. Lovely yeah. bit of work if you can get it. <laughs> I mean, it's not bad, is it? Um, I mean, and, and obviously we've got to talk about the business that we've done so far as well in terms of outgoings. We've obviously seen Danny Ward leave um, and I think Etheridge is basically going to be going very soon. What do you make of that, Tom? Do you think Etheridge for about a million quid is good business or bad business at this stage? It's a pity uh, considering the numbers that were touted before with him moving mm-hmm. on wasn't it like he could have gone for a lot more but you know getting any money for him now we, we, he's kind of surplus to requirements really which I wouldn't have thought we'd be saying but you know no. Smithy's has stepped up in such a big way like arguably our player of the season last year and I, you know Day isn't a bad kind of reserve to have you know he's a decent keeper obviously he hasn't had much of a run of games and stuff but you know if you get money for average a million does seem a bit disappointing, doesn't it? To be honest, but was it seven, eight million pounds that was bandied around either the year we went? I up think or West Ham were quoted about uh, between five and six, weren't they, in January? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. it's it's a bit of a come down, isn't it, Ben? It is, but you sort of think the club he's going to is bit like if if it, the rumours to be believed, it's Birmingham. Um, yeah. He's got a year left on his contract. He's not, he's on a decent wage. Birmingham barely have a pot to piss in. If we get a million quid from Birmingham, they're going to be happy. We're happy because we've got the wage off there. It sort of frees up more space. Um, it makes sense. It's a disappointing feat when you first look at it. But if you think, screw, screw into the details of it, it makes a lot of sense for the club. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think, you know, Etheridge is at the stage of his career, obviously with, with being the Philippines number one, that he'll he'll need to play. Um, so I think, yeah, I think it, it benefits all parties. Isn't it? What was that laugh for, Tom? Nothing. It wasn't laughing, sorry. <laughs> Making me feel self-conscious there. Um, and obviously, the, the the news from the press conference yesterday was that um, we, we've got a new player coming in tomorrow, Monday. Um, the the, the rumours going around are Shea Yojo from uh, Liverpool or it's uh, Jovetsun from Derby. Both seem to be wingers. I mean, Ben, do you know anything about either player? Uh, I don't know. Paul Joyce, literally 12 minutes ago, has tweeted... Uh, Liverpool winger Shea Ojo's set to join Cardiff City on loan, so yeah. it looks like it looks like he's the man coming into the club. Um, his stats aren't phenomenal. Um, no, I mean in the league last year it was 19 games, one goal, five assists. He got a cup. I think he got three goals and two assists in the Europa League qualifying as well. Not phenomenal, but not not necessarily bad at the same time. Yeah, England under 21 um, a while back. 
it's not a bad appointment. Uh, he's not going to get into the Liverpool squad. A 23 is obviously going to want to play a bit of football. So um, I just don't think it's, it's a winger is the position we need. I, I think I'm guessing either he wants to bring Hoylet in as a number a cover at number 10, or Ojo's going in as number 10. Um, I'm really not sure. Um, sort of from what I've seen on Twitter before, though, sort of Rangers fans seem to rate and think he's a decent enough player. Mm-hmm. So I think it's yeah, it's not a bad. Our bad transfer, it makes sense, doesn't it? Experience coming from a Premier League club, played with a lot of quality. He's on loan, there's not really a lot to lose. Tom, what do you make of it? Ojo? Yeah, yeah it's not a, another... It's oh, not yes like or exception. oh no for Ojo? <laughs> I'll go for an oh yes, just about. <laughs> um, you know, yeah, it's not one that's going to get everyone absolutely pumped, but, you know, it, it, it's a decent sign-in. We're not going to sign someone who's going to bag us 30 goals, like who's already scored 30 goals, anything like that. So, you know, it's an experienced head who's been around big clubs, you know, played under pressure and stuff. So, yeah, let's, let's hope that given a run of games with us, he can, you know, get fire in. Yeah, and I, I think coming back to the, the, the conversation we had earlier, I think, you know, we're... We're looking at the centre-half position again. Obviously, we're talking about uh, as if Bamber is you know, not going to be getting anywhere near the team anymore. That leaves just Aidan Flint as our backup striker and defender. Um, ben, do you, do you think we need to sign a new centre-half? Do we think we need to look at bringing in... You know, we've signed Denham in the youth. Do we need to bring someone up from the youth together? I'd like to see Kieran Brown get a run. I really mm. would have. Um, I really would like to see him in and around the first team and sort of make that breakthrough. I think he's won for us. I've said it, I said it last season. I still think it. Um, so I'm guessing it's probably going to be another loan, um, which might be where Anderson comes in. I think a few people will see him sent them, and maybe that's where he comes in as a bit of cover. I don't really know. Um, but yeah, I think we need to strengthen. If Bamba's waning, then yeah. But the question is, do the club seat is waning or are they just going to sort of keep him? He'll do for now and then we'll deal with it next year. Yeah, do you think, Tom, it's one of those that we can kind of kick into January? Obviously, the, the priority of this was the, the right-back, um, the centre-forward, and maybe the attacking midfielder. Do you think a centre-half can wait? Possibly, yeah, because we've got numbers there. It may, may not have a quality. I say numbers, we've got enough to cover like a couple of injuries. If, if a couple come in, then we're, we're, you know, we're a little bit short. But if, yeah, like you said, it's something to probably wait till January. And you know, we've got Kiefer Moore could do the John Charles role, I reckon. Drop <laughs> yeah, back yeah. in the centre-back, then play up front. You know, we've got options. Yeah, I mean, it's like the reverse Aiden Flint, isn't it? Centre back to <laughs> yeah, centre forward to centre back. Just swap him over. Give yeah. him a go. Yeah, can't play Aiden Flint in centre half. Um, and obviously, I think one of the other things is that we've seen is is the, the signing of people like Oliver Denham. It's the the signing of um, was it Zimba as well? Who signed alongside him? A couple of players going into the youth team. And Harris has talked about that kind of um, pathway to the first team. Is is that important now? Obviously, we I think Ben. I looked it up today. Our, our our team is the oldest in the league on average at 28.6. That's old, apparently, guys. Huh. Put me out to pasture. Um, do you think that, that that pathway to the youth, the first team is important now with all the, you know, the, the talk of people like, was it Dalmeida, Sang, Bagan? You know, they're all, they're all going to be key players in the future, you think, right? Yeah, I think it's massive. The club make a clear structure. It's what's been lacking for years. Um, has been a clear pathway between the under 20, from the development squad right through to the first team. Mm-hmm. And the fact that the club are looking at this now and saying, right, we're really going to put focus on creating a clear pathway. I think it's a massive positive. I think the club are doing a really good thing with that. And if it's anything like, if Sang continues to develop like he does and the other players come through with as much promise as they said they are, then yeah, I think we're on for a winner. Um, they're looking to upgrade the academy. They can't do it this year now, but I think 
there's talk of them looking to either be in a, come in a uh, category two or category one next year as well, which will really, really help things along. Um, would also see us, wouldn't it also see us, and if we go category one, enter in the um, Pink Trophy. Yeah, it would. Yeah, we, we could enter our under twenty, under twenty threes, or under twenty ones. Yeah. And also, that that would Tom, that would give us a bit of a one up over Swansea because you know, as much as we we shouldn't always look down at what's going on down the road, they've lost some of their academy status this year, haven't they? And I think you know, when it comes to a few years ago, they were signing people like obviously Ben Cabango, who's a Cardiff boy. They were able to attract him as a Premier League team. Now, if we've got that that slightly better academy, you think we we we'd get a a, a better pick of the players? Yeah, you'd hope so, wouldn't you? And it, you know. We desperately need that because, you know, it's sick of seeing kind of just Swansea players coming through, making first team appearances, doing well, kind of moving on, getting international caps. And you can say like we've had Cardiff play, people who played at Cardiff still playing international now, but they're from a while ago. We're not getting many through. And the ones who are playing for Wales who play for us, we've bought from elsewhere. There's not many who are kind of coming through. Mm-hmm. So it, it would be great to see us kind of like, Pip our little cousins down the road, really, to some of this talent because, yeah, they're poaching it from under our nose, and it's horrible to see like the likes of Gabango and stuff kind of go missing down down a Swansea. So yeah, it's desperately needed. And Harris did that well at Millwall. Like when when we appointed yeah. him, I thought like you can kind of see. I I reckon the conversations would have been around like what can you do with like the youth and stuff because Tan's not going to be want to be throwing money at signings now. We, we need to see some people being brought through our academy. And I think Harris is the right man to do that. And it, yeah, it's a promising sign see, seeing what's happening at the moment. Yeah, it's, it's the first time in a few years that we've had a, a kind of crop of players that we're talking about with genuine first-team aspirations, isn't it? I think, you know, we always hark back, like you say, Tom, with the, the players who, who, who we've led into the Wales squad. It's Ramsey, Gunter. Yeah. Um, they're players from 10 years ago now who, who came through our youth team then. Now we've got four or five players who are genuinely on the verge of becoming first-team players or getting first-team minutes at least this year. And I think that's something that, that we should be praising, really, with, uh, with old Mark Harrison. Is it Steve Morrison, the former Wales striker, as our head of the, uh, the academy? It is, yeah. Well, talking about Danny Ward, I know he's, he's left the club. Um, bon voyage, back to Huddersfield. Um, I think it's one that a lot of fans were, were sad about. Um, he became known for his performances off the bench. But in another new feature, we, we're trying to kind of demystify the stats. It's almost like myth-busting Cardiff City edition. Um, and it's actually over to me for this one because I talked about this in the group chat a little while ago and I just had to find the messages. So I think, you know, last year there was some debate over who was our most effective striker. Um, I think they all had their, their moments, really. Obviously, Ward came into his own at the end of the season. Glatzel had his a run of games where he'd score and, and Patterson came up with... I think, I think Patterson, even though he had a bad season, still got seven or eight goals which was quite a surprise to me. Um, and I kind of looked at the stats last season around who was our most effective starting striker and who was our most effective um, striker off the bench. And um, people would think, you know, who would you say is our most effective striker off the bench there, Ben? Uh, for me, I always thought Danny Ward was. Yeah. Just well, seen as a super sub. Well, Ben, you, you're bloody wrong. <laughs> Let me tell you that. Let me tell you that for, for free. Um, so I think um, if, you, if you look at the, the stats... I took this off transfer market, so hopefully it's as, as uh, accurate as possible. Uh, Ward came off the bench 18 times last season and scored six. That's about a goal every three. Patterson came off the bench 18 times and scored once. That is a whopping one goal in 18, boys. Big it up for Callum Patterson. Uh, and Glatzel came off the bench six times and scored three. And that's a goal about every, every two substitute appearances. So people would say that Danny Ward is our best striker off the bench, but Glatzel there, you know, in less games has shown that he's, he's more effective and 
Tom, this one's for you. Who do you think was our most effective starting striker? Oh, I Glatzel. Well, you. I mean, he seemed to start more of the games, right? Yeah, I kind of panicked a bit then and just went, ah, name a striker. He started 21 and scored four goals from the start. So that was about a goal every 5.25 games. Uh, Ward started seven, scored one. That's, you know, a goal in every seven games. But it was actually uh, Callum Patson started 17, scored four. It's about a goal every 4.25 games. So our most effective starting striker last year was Callum Patterson, even though he had a bad season. And our most effective striker off the bench was Glatzel, even though he probably had a bad season as well by his, by his own reckoning. So there we go. Myth busting over for the week. I don't even know if that feature will stay, but it was quite, quite a bit of fun, wasn't it? Do you guys enjoy that? Do you learn something? I enjoyed it. I, I thought it was fascinating, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> ben, do you agree? Yeah, it's all right, wasn't it? <laughs> I think we can, you know. I wrote these. I wrote these notes in my bloody workbook when I was on a conference call. <laughs> you know, you can see now you've got a clear path. You know, you start. Was it you start with Patterson because he gets more goals, and you bring on Glatzel. You bring on Glatzel, and then Keaton yeah, Moore just doesn't play. We don't need to play. We didn't need to sign him. Yeah, it's actually a waste of money. I, I take yeah. back everything I said earlier on. Right, looking ahead, then new season preview. Keeper Moore, how many goals is he going to score? Tom, twenty. Ben. 15. I'll go 17 in the middle. Right, new season preview done. No, let's have a... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it seems bizarre that after, you know, when was the last game? Was it the start of August when we played Fulham in the, in the playoff, end of July? Less yeah. than six weeks ago, and now we're already talking about the new season. Like I said, we've already had the international break. We've already had the Carabao Cup. It's weird, isn't it, Ben? It's really strange, sort of. We should be feeling like we're like sort of getting into the flow of the new season where we're just kicking it off. And mm-hmm. I've hardly recovered from the last season as well. It just feels like there's been no break. And sort of don't get me wrong, I've really missed the football anyway. It's sort of been nice this week, this weekend to sort of watch a lot of football. Not but, the um, Cardiff game. Not Cardiff. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Wales was good. That was yeah, fun. Wales Wales they were good fun. They weren't entertaining, but they were fun. And soccer aids on kicking off soon, so I might go and watch that as well. It's already an hour in, I believe. I think it kicked oh, off it? at 6.30. Um, I don't know what the score is. I've not been paying attention. There's no Welsh players involved this year. So not, well, the only, um, let's face it, the people who are really going to score were the people that Yaya Torre was bringing over before <laughs> he got kicked off. <laughs> uh, I mean, Jeremy Swaz Lynch is in there and he was the best player at Arsenal for a while. So um, uh, he'll probably get a few goals. Um, he's got a Lambo, do you know? He's got a Lambo, yeah. A I mean, Lambo. that's... Unless you're paying attention to anything in the world of YouTube, that will mean absolutely nothing to <laughs> anyone. So I see it, Tom. Nothing to me. I switched to play then, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, looking around the league, it just, it doesn't feel like a new season starting, does it? it? It just feels like everyone's sleepwalking into the first couple of games. I mean, if you, if you look around yesterday, I think Birmingham lost in the cup. I think Derby drew with Barrow. Um, there's a lot of players missing. It just... So, I mean, what, what do you think this is going to make for the first round of games, Tom? Do you think there's going to be some shocks, some surprises, or is it just going to be turgid, boring football as players kind of wake up? Yeah, I think it's going to be boring, turgid football. Like, you can see that from some of the international games as well. Like, there's a lot of leggy players out there. I think yeah. you could easily find yourself, like, adrift after five games without really realising the season's kind of got going. Like, that's, that's why that Northampton game had such a pre-season feel about it. Yeah. It's like, how the hell is that a competitive game? And we've just finished the last one, and I think you haven't got that build-up. You haven't got that excitement for a new season as you normally no. do. And yeah, you could. I don't know. I don't. Know, I think it's going 
it'll be a boring first few weeks, a few weird results out there before it kind of like levels out then towards kind of December time where the table might start to look at how it should. Yeah, I th- yeah, I I must admit I'm struggling to get excited for it. Really, I think I think it's, it's there's a hangover. You know, we always talk about the the, the preseason hangover, the, the hangover from the previous season, but it's going to be even more magnified when we're only six weeks away from the previous season. You usually have a couple of months separation. Now we've got six weeks. The players will have come back from an international break. If players were leggy before, they're already going to be leggy from the extra travel of going to the international break. So it's, it's just going to be a weird first couple of games. And I think, Ben, does that, does that factor into your expectations for the season? Or are you looking around the league and going, actually, there's nothing to be fearful of here? I think the league in general... Um isn't as strong as last year. There's no, there's no real team that I look at that I think is really going to walk it. Mm-hmm. And teams coming down and be suffering from even bigger hangovers than what we've sort of gone, what any of the teams gone through. Um, and yeah, I think it could be quite exciting. I think realistically, the teams that sort of I'm a bit more concerned about from the start are going to be the teams that are coming up from League One. Mm-hmm. Uh, a long break, really refreshed. Um, I think they're going to be the teams that start better and sort of fade away towards the end, they're more of a threat than teams coming down or sort of played the playoffs. Well, I mean, did, did Wickham hold Brentford today, one all in the um, in the yeah. in the Carabao? Took it to penalties. I think, yeah, I I see a point there. I think have they had, have they had a, yeah, they've obviously had a slightly longer break. They're a bit more relaxed. Um, they've got they've got even less to lose in a season, which is affected by coronavirus, right? And I think that's the that's, that's something to consider. Um, Tom, do you you know do you you look at teams like Bournemouth, Norwich? They're shedding their better players. I think Wilson's going to um, Newcastle Bay, twenty million. Norwich are selling their best. I think one of their fullbacks for about fifteen million. Do you think those teams will will struggle in the Championship this year? Yeah, possibly. The thing I'm a bit worried about is just the teams that have struggled the last couple of years. That I'm I'm just I've just got a feeling they're going to click, like the likes of Stoke. You know, and mm-hmm. I think I think Forest they did decent last year. I think they'll be up there again. But then Watford, I can't see. I can see them being up towards the top, and I just, I went into it thinking, oh yeah, you know, it's not quite as strong a league, but there's a lot of teams who are quite close to each other this year, and I think we could easily end up finishing somewhere like eleventh or twelfth without even realizing we're doing it. Like, I just, I I'm see, just scared I of teams clicking. It feels like we could finish eleventh or twelfth, but only two points off the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just going to be exactly. such a tight league. With, you know, I, I, I'm looking at transfers. There's not that. You know, I think. There's, there's a few players flying around, but there's not much major movement in, in this division. Obviously, Brentford has still got money. They signed Ivan Tomey, but the rest of the teams don't really seem to be making big splashes in the transfer window. I mean, it, it, it could, it, it's going to be a really interesting kind of season. I think um, if, you, if you had to call it now, Ben, where, where would you think we're going to end up? You know, Tom says we've finished around 11th. Do you think playoffs are nailed on or is it even harder to pick? I don't think any p- team can say playoffs are nailed on. Uh, this year, but I like to think with the quality we've got and the way we're sort of shaping up and sort of the work Harris has done, we can improve. Forgetting yesterday, yeah, <laughs> doesn't count. It's not. It's non-canon. It's um, non-canon. <laughs> yesterday is non-canon. This Saturday's canon. Yeah, exactly. So um, I think yeah, I I like to see us build on that and sort of top up like third, fourth, or even pushing for the autos would be nice. So I think you, that's you, where it. I think that's where the club should genuinely not just be in sort of blind, this, like the building and work we've done over the last six months under Harris, that's where the club should be looking to finish. Interesting. Tom, you, you look quisitive. Yeah, like Hart kind of says, yeah, there's no reason why we can't be around, like the, I think, like third or fourth. 
something like that. Oh, pushing for autos, like, but I just see us finishing like eighth. I, I don't know what it is. I just can't see us kind of challenging this year. I don't know why. Actually, because I'm always this pessimistic. That's why. Sorry. Yeah. I didn't like to say anything, but you're, you, you swing wildly during games, let alone during season <laughs> prediction. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I'm not swinging. <laughs> oh, sorry. 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 <laughs> but no, um, I just. Yeah, I get uh, eight. <laughs> that's my prediction. Eight. I'll go six. I'll go six. I can't remember what I predicted in the four four two. Uh, predictions just drop that in there because I did four for two predictions this year. Uh, I think I, pre- I think I'm predicting fourth or fifth. Um, so I'll go along with that again. And I mean, you know, if if we look at our closest rivals, Ben, I think you know Swansea have signed a few players. They've lost a few players. There's rumours they're going to lose a few players more. Bristol of today signed Chris Martin um, of Coldplay. Sorry, um, Derby fame. Um, I mean, how do you see? I mean, it's just it's, uh, how do you see us comparing com- to them? You know, we were all in the same sort of positions going into the lockdown games last year, all around the playoffs. Do you see us pulling away from them? Do you see us being in this, in the mix with them again? Uh, I think Swansea, while they've made some very good signs in midfield, uh, I think the loss of their goals with Bruce Stern, who looks like he's off, and Selena's mm-hmm. going as well. Um, I think, um, yeah, I think they're going to really struggle unless they find someone magically in their academy to replace that because they've not signed anyone to fill those positions. Um, more worryingly, they've not given Declan John a squad number. So, this oh God, maybe he... actually he's a team player who could come back. Get him in. A... He could play right or left back. Yeah, let's not. Nah, Shite right. at both. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think I think Swansea oh, struggle. Yeah, you think Swansea and, um, struggle? Bristol, your, your, your Bristol. old mates. Yeah, no, they got rid of that fucking slug. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, they've made some decent signings, to be fair. They sort of, I don't know if they've got strong, so they've lost a few players and the fans don't seem happy about it. Like Corey Smith going to Swansea, they're really pissed off about. So they're going to be a hard one to predict and sort of their manager, how it's all about the start for him, I guess, will determine what sort of season they have. But they'll fucking Tom? fall away at the end anyway. Yeah, they will, they will. Tom, what do you think? You know, down West Wales, you're probably awash with jack bastards. Yeah, quite a few around here. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, with my kind of like espionage work in and amongst them, seeing what's going on. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I can't see them challenging, to be honest. I think they'll finish around kind of 16, 17. I don't, I don't think... Part of me a couple of weeks ago was thinking, yeah, they're going to drop, but they, I don't think they'd be that bad. But um, yeah, Bristol, they'll be there or thereabouts. I think, you know, the fresh manager in, I think they're still a kind of, they're always the nearly member. There's still like a relatively good feeling around there that they think they can challenge up there. I think they'll be there or thereabouts. I don't think we're that much better than them that we're going to pull away from them. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of teams, like we said earlier on, around that level. Like there's people like Blackburn and Millwall and stuff who were there or thereabouts. And they're gelling. They've like decent managers as well. And this is why I think that we could end up in like eighth because. You could easily have Blackburn, Millwall, Forest, Norwich, Watford, Stoke, Stoke. All those teams could finish above you, and you wouldn't Borough. go. Oh, that's a shock! Do you know what I mean? Got Middles- just... Middlesbrough and Warnock. Yeah, exactly. They, and you wouldn't go, oh bloody hell, that's a turner for the books if they finished above you. So I'm hoping no. a couple of them just don't hit a bit of form. But that's that's why I'm thinking, yeah, seventh or eighth, and I wouldn't be shocked. Interesting, interesting. Right, first game obviously is Saturday, home against Sheffield Wednesday. We've talked about the changes we make from Northampton. Obviously, we hope that Kiefer Moore is back. We hope that Thorpe Amber's nowhere near the team. 
Um, I've had a little look at the, the the kind of business that Sheffield Wednesday have done. In, I mean, they're what? They're minus 12 to start the season. So yeah. it'll be quite nice if we can already deal them a little bit of a, a dab hand on, on Saturday. They've signed with Kachunga, Che Dunkley, uh, Josh Windass, who's perennially linked with Cardiff. You know, what do you, what do you see from Saturday's game, Ben? Do you, do you see a kind of a kick up the arse from the game against Northampton or... You know, what do you see? What do you see in your crystal ball? We have, well, we have to see a better reaction. We have to see a reaction from the players. So, to be fair, when we've lost and sort of had these sort of defeats under Harris, we have responded very well the next game. And we have to see the same again this, this week because Wednesday are going to be there with a sort of... They've got the adding centre. They're on minus 12 to start with, so their backs mm. are right up against the wall. They have to start well. Yeah, they've got to start well, otherwise they're in a relegation battle when they want to be sort of with the squad they've got realistically. I know they've lost quite a fit. They've like lost a fair few players, but even still, they can be wanted for mid-table, pushing for the playoffs. So um, I didn't realize they signed Izzy Brown as well from Chelsea, who did quite well at Luton last year. So it's going to be a tough one. I think, tough one I think, from Ben. What do you I think, think, Tom? I think it screams nil-nil. Like, <laughs> um, I think like what well, you find like beginning of the season. Teams struggle, especially during pre-season, and we haven't really had one. Is to kind of get the attacking options to click. So mm-hmm. I could just see two relatively solid defences kind of working hard and seeing out rusty attacks. Do you know what I mean? I think I think it just screams nil-nil. Um, and to be honest, it was not a bad result if you get nil-nil the first game of the season. It doesn't set the world alight. But yeah, I just I just can't see past this boring drab nil-nil. And I suppose when we, when we look at these games now, I think we've talked about trying to bring in a, a bit of an element of looking at opposition players. And obviously there's a, a, an air of familiarity around Sheffield Wednesday with Kadeem Harris on the wings. Ben, what do you make of Kadeem Harris? Obviously he, he got games during the Premier League season, perhaps surprisingly, considering he hadn't really been involved in the, the season before. I think he went to Sheffield Wednesday and three goals, four assists. Not exactly setting the world on fire, but he was a decent winger, wasn't he? Yeah, he's an option. I mean, he was always an option for us that never really got a decent run. When he got a run, he actually did all right. It was just whether it was outside influences or injuries sort of got the better of him. And it was just the right time for him to go. Um, he started amazingly, I remember, last season for Wednesday. And they thought they'd signed the next incumbent at Messi. Mm. Um, again, I see sort of the issues with him is consistency sort of faded away. And he sort of became very average for them for the rest of the season. Um, yeah. But he's not a bad player. And, it was just the right time, like we said at the time, it was the right time for him to go and I wish him well, but I hope he has a fucking shocker on Saturday. Yeah, Tom, you're nodding. Yeah, well, obviously I went into a shocker on Saturday. <laughs> but I'm going to agree with that, aren't I? No, but I hate seeing our former players play against each other, play against us again. Like, I'd rather them do it Reese Healy and move to a league, like, to, like go to they Toulouse. Never do it. Well, they can't get anywhere near us. But, yeah, no, he's a decent player and like, kind of showed, like, snippets of brilliance and then just kind of mediocrity kind of took over again you always thought there was something in and never really got going but yeah I hope it just doesn't get going on the weekend as well it's like it's like the Cardiff City delusion isn't it we want to believe in the players who who aren't playing for us are better than the players who are playing for us if that makes Danny Ward syndrome the Danny Ward syndrome uh, the Danny Ward syndrome he's better than what we've got because what we've got is shite but (laughs) it is what it is um now that the serious stuff is done and we can look forward to the proper start of the new season, we just wanted to let you know that we are running the View from the Indian Fantasy Football once again this year. Uh, we've had to change the league this year because the person who has the login um, hasn't given us the login. So we've had Very set professional setup. <laughs> Very professional setup here. So we've set up a new league. Um, ben, do you have the, the code to hand or, have you, or should I read it out? 
Uh, if you you have it to hand, send it because I just lost. <laughs> Once so again, like I said, for very. I've got it. I've got it. I've got it. Sorry, my WhatsApp crashed. It was there, and then it just crashed. Go on, Ben. So uh, for the Fantasy Premier League, using the official Premier League app, the code is F E T Y L M. That's F E T Y L M. So yeah, if you can use the app or head over, head over to fantasy.premierleague.com and you'll be able to find that league through there. And you never know, at the end of the year, we might have a Cardiff City prize for you. And if we ask Gennaro Gattuso, what kind of prize could it be? Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. To, to round off today's first podcast of the new season, today's first podcast of the new season, to round off the first podcast of the new 2020-2021 season, we're going to introduce something altogether new, which is the View from the Ninian Hall of Fame. Each week, the three of us will put forward something related to Cardiff City for the View from the Ninian Hall of Fame. It could be a kit, a player, a moment, a manager, a seat, even someone you sat next to at the game. All three nominations will then be put into a poll on Twitter for you, the listeners, to vote on. By the end of the season, we might even do like the View from the Ninian Hall of Fame World Cup, where we come up with that one defining moment in Cardiff City history that you guys on Twitter seem to like. So it's the first round of nominations this week, and um, as it was Ben Price's idea, you can go first. Um, so you can you got about a minute to pitch us what you want to put into the view from the Indian Hall of Fame. Sounds good. Right, as we all know, this last week or so, kits have launched. I love a good kit. This year, meh. So I'm nominating the Joma kit from the last year at Indian Park. This argument saying it's not quite the right blue, it's sort of like a faded blue, but for me, that is my all-time favourite Cardiff City kit. And there's my nomination. I just think it's a fucking fantastic kit from a very disappointing end of a season. Probably got about 40 seconds there, mate, if you want to say anything else. Um, Lee Johnson's a slug. <laughs> I hope that'll help your cause. Let it go, man. Yeah, he's, he's, gone, he's, he's out of a job. You killed him already. Um, right, so yeah, so the, the first nomination there, the Blue Joma kit from the 2008-2009 season. I'll go with my nomination next, and then Tom, you can round us off. So my nomination is Gary O'Neill's loan spell in the 2004-2005 season. Um, obviously, these things are not, you know, it, like we said, it could be anything related to Cardiff City. And in a really drab season where Black Friday, where Graham Kavanaugh was whisked off in a helicopter to, to go and, I don't know, sign for Wigan or whatever it was. We had this kind of bright period of nine games where Gary O'Neill, England's under-21 captain, wearing white socks before players wore white socks over their football socks, came in and just showed us how good a footballer could be. I just remember that during that period that he was just, he signed from Portsmouth. You know, he was a bit of an unknown quantity, but knowing that he was the England under-21 captain, he was just quality. In a season where we had players like Richard Langley toiling away for 90 minutes in, on the right wing, even though he wasn't a right winger, Gary O'Neill just oozed class and oozed quality. And I think he made a difference in a, in, a, in a period of the season where things were really, really bleak, really bleak. We were staring relegation in the face and Gary O'Neill came in and, and, and helped us turn that around. So my nomination is Gary O'Neill's loan spell in 2004-2005. Nice. That was longer than a minute, by the way. Was it? I think I don't know. It just felt like it was. He's just well, taking took... the, he is taking the time I had to go in, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he yielded his time and I took it. And now over to you, Tom, to round us off for the first you from Ninian Hall of Fame nominations. So I've gone for Michael Chopra's too hot to handle boot. You know, like it just kind of typified that period, you know, two thousand and nine, ten, when Cardiff City strikers scored goals. 
And, you know, seeing Chopper bag a brace against Bristol City and running off to the corner, dropping the boot in that celebration on the floor as if he was on fire. And it just, you know, made me fall in love with watching Cardiff City. You know, it just we're just crying out for a striker now to do that. And we just haven't had it the last, like, 10 years. And, you know, I think, like I said, it just typified Cardiff in that period. So, for me, yeah, it's got to be Michael Chopra's too-hot-to-handle boot. Got into FIFA as well that year, didn't it? It got. It was one of the FIFA celebrations. It did. See? Yeah. Yeah, it was a good moment. Right, so listeners out there in podcast land, we will be putting this on as a Twitter poll at some point this week. Um, let's say Wednesday. And then we'll give you 24 hours to vote on what you want to see as the first entrant into the View from Minion Hall of Fame. We'll keep doing this on a weekly basis until we run out of esoteric things to talk about. Um, I was really kind of trying to think about what I could put into this. And I didn't want to, you know, blow my load too early with, I don't know, like my favourite <laughs> kit or something like that. So hopefully, Ben, you've, shat, you know, you've absolutely shat the bed on this one. <laughs> I've got to admit, the joyous thing about Cardiff City is, I can use this kit this week because we're going to come up with some utter nonsense one week that's going to just absolutely yeah. steal the show. Yeah, yeah it will. The poll, so I'm not worried. <laughs> No, that's good. I'm glad you're not worried. And I suppose that's probably the, the, the best place to leave this podcast. I think maybe now we round off the podcast with, a, let's say, we're looking ahead to Saturday's game. Ben, what's your prediction for Saturday's game? Scoreline? Scorers? Uh, I'll go one all and a Leo Bakuna goal. Tom? Nil-nil, no scorers. I'm going to go <laughs> one-nil, Kiefer Moore. Because, you know, why not? It's narrative, isn't it? He's got his start of him winning the Ballon d'Or. It is the start of him winning the Ballon d'Or. And this is the start of our campaign. Keep more for the Ballon d'Or. Ben, thanks for joining us again. See you next week. Bye. Tom. Have a good one. Yeah, and uh, we'll be back next week with the next part. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny and